All right, welcome back to Miserable and Reckless. Uh, we just got off our bye week because we skipped last week because the Big Ten announced they were coming back, and the most exciting game really was K-State beating Oklahoma in the Big 12, saying we take our, our commitment seriously just not to talk about those conferences because they're irrelevant. So uh, let's start off with the weekend wrap-up um, with our ACC, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, so uh, kick it off, Ryan Engel. Um, so my good was – uh, BC and Phil Jerkovic. Um, I, I got a chance to really watch BC closely this week when they were playing Carolina. Uh, Jerkovic's the quarterback, the old Notre Dame transfer, uh, 36 for 56 for 313 yards, and he had two fourth quarter drives where I was I was really nervous. Um, I, I think I see something in that kid, honestly. Held the ball for eight minutes. He killed the clock. He moved his team down the field. Um, I was a little nervous. He he he, uh, he looked a little, little Brady-esque. Uh, so, He'll probably go and just crap all over the place next week. But he looked really good in the fourth quarter, and, 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 and they were right in that game till the end. Uh, bad FSU, come on. Uh, you're down at 1.14 nothing to the always formidable Jacksonville State Gamecocks. I mean, get out of here. Uh, they did win the game. Um, and then my ugly uh, is actually Auburn. I don't know if that's unfair uh, to them because they were the number seven team in the country playing number four in Georgia, but that game was awful. Uh, Georgia just came out and stomped all over him. So. All right, Morgan. All right, perfect. So my good's going to be uh, Virginia Tech, of course. I mean, two weeks in a row. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Two, two weeks in a row, no defensive coordinator. Actually, they're down two coordinators. 20-plus uh, players, and somehow still managed to put up over 320-plus yards in back-to-back -back weeks for rushing. So I'd say that's pretty good. I don't care who you really play against. Uh, bad's going to be uh, – I'm going to have to attack probably the DeBerry brothers here on, on both both weeks with Duke and, and NC State when you're going up against a team who – Limited practice for both weeks, and less more than twenty players each week are down, and uh, you couldn't couldn't beat them up. But my uh, ugly. Yeah, I mean, how many of them were starters at Morgan? Exactly. I mean, <laughs> you had the water boys that were out with COVID. <laughs> if the third string placeholders out, I'm I'm hey, don't think that counts. <laughs> the uh, the fourth the uh, the practice SK squad. Facts. <laughs> Practice squad water boy was out. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and the ugly is going to be, I mean, Florida State. I mean, good God. You should have at least done something good against, you know, Jacksonville State. But good God. This is garbage, man. I think they're going to be looking for probably another head coach after this one. <laughs> All right, Dustin. <laughs> All right. Well, I picked a few different ones so that we wouldn't step all over each other on all of these, but I might be Sorry. stepping on Logan with this. Um, NC State's <laughs> offense looked good last week. Uh, 336 yards passing, yep. four touchdowns. O-line looked good. Like, Devin Larry, Logan kept preaching Devin Larry, and uh, they look good with him. Um, throw a little shout-out to Boston College, too. They continue to just look much better under a new head coach. I think it's worth just saying, like, good job, guys, on the short amount of time you had getting it together. Uh, bad, I'm actually going to go NC State's defense. Two weeks in a row, 500 yards allowed twice. What's happening there? Like, they need to 
tighten that up. Um, it won't be. <laughs> well, they need to because they won't. Pitt had something like 125 yards and penalties. Yeah. So they're not going to get that help every week. Um, I, I'm also for, for us, for Duke, I'm going to say like it was bad. They had 78 yards and penalties against Virginia Tech, some at really bad times. It certainly didn't help. Um, for the ugly, uh, you know, it's easy to pick on FSU, so I'm going to pick on Wake Forest. Uh, I don't know if y'all saw it, but Wake, Wake did beat Campbell 66-14. However, one of the best, like, most ridiculous trick plays ever was run against Wake, where Campbell's uh, offense, they, they basically threw, like, a screen pass out to the receiver. The offensive line jumped in, down on the ground and laid on the ground. And then the defense just stood there like, I don't understand what's happening. And then the quarterback for Wake took off, and they passed it back to the quarterback – or the quarterback for Campbell took off. They passed it back to the quarterback, and the whole offensive line blocked him all the way to the end zone for a touchdown. So I thought Wake Forest, I thought Wake Forest students were supposed to be smart. <laughs> That's what they say. <laughs> but Campbell outsmarted them, little Bowie's Creek, North Carolina <laughs> Campbell. So little old Campbell. Um, so that's the ugly. Go check that video out. It's pretty cool. Only on this podcast are we breaking down the camel fighting camels football in the first five <laughs> minutes of the yeah. podcast. That's what that's what makes us unique. Well, it's in the context of how bad Wake Forest was in responding to that ridiculous play. Uh, it was so bad. It was so bad it probably made Campbell start drinking. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> All right, for me, it's uh, actually pretty similar to Dustin, but uh, the good, I got to go with uh, NC State overall, but especially the NC State offense and in particular, I got to give a shout out to Devin Leary. Finally, after uh, missing 20 days of practice, didn't play at all in the first game against Wake, escaped that one with a win. Then we had to play Bailey Hockman against Virginia, Virginia Tech, got destroyed. Leary looked pretty good in that game, but then he gets his first start of the season against uh, the number then number 24 ranked Pitt, who supposedly had the number one defense in the conference. And he threw for 306, 336 yards, four touchdowns, no picks, no fumbles, and uh, completed just a hair under 64% of his passes. That That's a hell of a day right there. And uh, if he can continue with the downfield passing the way he does, like, I mean, the kids always had natural arm talent. It's just a matter of putting it together. If he can continue that, NC State can win some games against the middle of the pack, ACC squads. Um, the bad, I'm sticking with NC State, and like Dustin says, the defense. Um, the defense, it's nothing that surprises me because it's been this way for six years under Doran. We have one of the worst defensive backfields in the uh, ACC. Thankfully, this year, we're finally starting to see kids turn their heads around and make a play on the ball. But uh, – <laughs> Overall, I mean, giving up 500 yards offense is, is just a bad day. And then the ugly is no one else to go to but Florida State. I don't know what the hell is going, down, going on down in Tallahassee, but they're doing something wrong. Got down 14 to nothing in Jacksonville State. And everybody, just keep in mind, this isn't Jacksonville, Florida. This is Jacksonville, Alabama. So this Jacksonville State team from Alabama that I, I believe Riley Green, country singer, played there. So, like, for reference, like, of how little of a program this is, they're down 14 to nothing and barely get a win against that team. Uh, FSU is just ugly. And I think they're playing, like, four games this year. They have, like, four scheduled games or yeah. something stupid. Like, they're just playing play-in games for conferences. Yeah, uh, Lafayette, yeah. Central University, Sunbelt, AA, to be determined. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Dion, Mr. Dion ought to send out some free shoes down there. Get them in the <laughs> All right, well, that wraps up the good, the bad, and the ugly from uh, last week's 
ACC contests and I guess one SEC game with uh, Ryan's ugly with Auburn. But uh, next, let's kick it over to Ryan Angle with the weekend look ahead. All right, so I picked a couple things here uh, briefly just because it works right within our flow. Um, there's two big games in the SEC, right? We're ACC Central podcast, but we're covering all things Southern here. SEC East actually has the highlight this week. Usually it's SEC West. You got number four, Florida, playing number one, Texas A&M. Um, and then you've got number 14, Tennessee, against number three, Georgia. For those that haven't spent the last six episodes with us, I'll point out that I did pick Tennessee to uh, be a surprise pick in the SEC East. But anyways, um, Florida put up 51 and 35. Uh, but they've also, on offense, but they've given up 35 and 24 to not great teams in Ole Miss and South Carolina. So I'm a little confused about their defense. For a number four team in the country, that's a – that's interesting. Um, they're also going into Texas A&M. Normally in a non-COVID situation, that'd be a hard environment to play in. Um, not sure of all the, all the particulars for Texas down there for the fans. But I will point out that Florida, if they can win, then goes on to play LSU, Missouri, and then Georgia. So they've got a, uh, they might want to figure that defense out. Tennessee plays Georgia. Um, Georgia was impressive last week against Auburn, briefly. Um, and, and, and that's against uh, – a Bo Nix led Auburn. Um, they're going to need that because they play Tennessee, then they play Bama, and then they play Florida right in a row. So again, just uh, two highlighted games that uh, you could see both Florida and Georgia if they win uh, going forward, and if they if they lose, it's going to be a rough road ahead for the two of them to come out of the SEC East. Um, again, going over to NASCAR, we talked about it last week. They're in the middle of their playoffs. Uh, the weekend look ahead for this week. Last week we had Talladega. Um, arguably the most exciting race of the year. This week is the Charlotte Roval um, for the new fans. Uh, that's basically where they turn the Charlotte Road, uh, excuse me, they turn the Charlotte Oval into a road course. Um, you turn right and left. That uh, should be interesting. <laughs> so the old, uh, <laughs> the old NASCAR left, uh, only turn left. Well, this week they turn right. So tune in if you're really interested <laughs> in that. Um, do they do this every year? It's been going for the, well, we'll get to that. It's been going on for the past two years. Um, Chase has Chase Elliott, everyone's favorite driver, has Ew. won two of the last three of the ones at the Roval, if I'm remembering correctly. And four of his last, uh, four of his eight wins are at uh, Roval, tra- or excuse me, road course tracks. So he uh, likes to turn right, not left. He's what I call a multifaceted driver that's talented. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so long story short is you got to be in the top eight by the end of this week to make the cut so uh denny hamlin won last week at talladega he's in he's first kevin harvick chase elliott's third and then kurt bush actually is in uh in in the top four right now thanks to his win two weeks ago um, where's um where's crybaby m&m's at well kurt bush has actually won one more race now than his uh little brother so uh that's a point for older brothers everywhere that make, makes good sense <laughs> kyle can go ahead and take a right on right on out exit door and go on home so uh he uh he actually sits on the cut line so uh with with old smiley face joey logano so hopefully they can get into some action and start punching each other go danny out of that crowd oh yeah like you just said that's that's our uh buddy kb's driver Denny? Yeah, Denny. He pulled it out last week, and he's he's definitely been head and shoulders ahead of most. Rich, uh, Richmond boy right there. Yeah, that's why that's why he's KB's boy, because he's he's hometown kid. <laughs> <laughs> so at the end of this weekend, we got eight drivers left then. 
So. <laughs> All right. That wraps up the weekend look at uh, skip it over now back swiveling back to the ACC week six pick them uh, to kind of update everybody on what our records are so far Dustin and Morgan are out to a slight lead on the season at a 20 and six mark while Ryan and I are both at 19 and seven uh, we all picked Pitt to beat state uh, last week and that kind of I mean typical NC State fashion bit us all in the ass so never know how to pick for the Wolfpack I don't know how to handle the Wolfpack because uh, if I pick against them then I lose Right. But if I pick for them, I'm still going to lose. I don't understand how that works. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows. Hey, it's I think a uh, local sports guy around here, Joe Giglio, has always said it's the law of the wolf. When you expect the least, you get the most. And when you expect the most, you get the least. So <laughs> that's that should be a rule of thumb with NC State. <laughs> All right. Going on to the first game of, uh, of the week, we got Louisville versus Georgia Tech. Uh, Morgan, what do you say on that one? I mean, what? What's the score going to be at halftime? You know, it's, I don't know. I think it's you got to watch this weekend to find out. <laughs> it's going to be over before halftime, man. Louis, I mean, what? How did Louisville do last week? They what was well. someone remind me? They played well against Miami. They lost, but they played well. Yeah, so they lost. So they're 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 going to look to get back on track on winning, and I think they're going to take it out on uh, Georgia Tech. Their defense is going to just shut them down. I expect it to be probably a good – probably 21 to, to 3, 21 to 10, maybe more when it's all said and done. But All right, so you got Louisville. All right, Angle? I got Louisville. Um, Tech couldn't beat Syracuse. So, uh, come on. They barely beat Florida State. Uh, this could get ugly. Louisville. All right, Dawson? Louisville. Their offense is good. Their defense isn't great, but better than Georgia Tech's. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think it's Louisville. I mean, Georgia Tech has, seems to be improved over last year by a little bit, but that's not saying much. They still are at the very bottom of the conference, in my opinion. Florida State might be the only team that's that's kind of competing with them for a worst in the conference at, as of right now, maybe Syracuse. But I got Louisville in that game uh, going away. All right, next up is going to be a tough one. Um, NC State versus Virginia in Charlottesville. And uh, I'll start with this one. Uh it's always tough with NC State whenever they win a big game because they always have a hangover effect. But weirdly enough, uh, over the last three, four years, whenever Dave Doran beats a top 25 team, he, they, they have an undefeated record in the next week. That being said, I've been watching NC State for quite a while at this point. I'm picking the Who's to win in a close game in Charlottesville. Uh, can't, I mean, I, I've been disappointed by the Wolfpack too many times to, to bet any money on them. So I'm going with Virginia. Right, I Dawson. propose I propose we start a useless facts segment um, <laughs> like that you just said, like the one you just gave, because those teams have no bearing on this year's team. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to like most of the rest of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have. <laughs> all right. I'm just, I'm just, I was, that's a conversation for another time. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm torn on this because I think, State's – I think State's playing a whole lot better football. UVA actually looked pretty good against Clemson um, considering what, what they lost last year. Yeah. Um, but we need a little variety in here, and I'm going to believe in State, and hopefully it doesn't come back and bite me in the in the ass. Uh, so, let's go Wolfpack. <laughs> All right, Angle. So, I looked this morning. The line is nine, and I don't understand that. Uh, sorry, UVA by nine. Um, I – 
we've all kind of said the same thing, right? I have no clue which team uh, from NC State's showing up. And UVA's beat Duke, and they lost to Clemson, which tells me absolutely nothing. So I'm going UVA, but not by nine. All right, Morgan. Um, I will not be picking UVA this week, not one bit. Um, I'm going to go Wolfpack. I hope the team, you know, I hope their offense shows up again this week, and hopefully their defense gets it, uh, gets, gets it rolling early on UVA and gets them to turn the ball over. So go Pack. All right. Hey, look, I'm with you on that. Go Pack. But uh, moving to the next game, we have a miserable and reckless rivalry game. Uh, we've got Virginia Tech versus UNC. So I'm going to throw it over to the, the Tar Heel fan to start this one off. This isn't a rivalry. Well, I I'd said rather, miser- miserable and reckless rivalry. <laughs> this, is a, this is a train wreck. Um, I'd rather play Clemson than play Virginia Tech. A rivalry requires both teams to be you know, good. Yeah, you're right. For an extended period of time. Let's, for an extended for, period, for all like Carolina, back and forth winning. We don't, for even, know if, we don't even know if Carolina is good. <laughs> That's true. I'd rather play Clemson than play Virginia Tech. I, I I'd like this. I'd like to see that this year. I, I guess we, yeah. I actually don't want to see that because the only way that happens is in Charlotte. So <laughs> screw that. I don't yeah. want to see that. Statement retracted. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Long story short, I have more family and friend connections to Blacksburg literally than anywhere else, and I hate playing them. Uh, I just it took us to six overtimes last year. The year before, they won on a last-minute field goal. The year before, I had the joy of being in Lane Stadium as we suffered a 59-7 defeat while I was sitting with my family and Morgan. That was a blast. A uh, year before that, we lost the Coastal in a hurricane at home, so that was a good time. <laughs> I was at a Navy game because I was so convinced we were going to win. I was sitting in the rain while Morgan's texting me, hey, we're winning. It's neat. We shouldn't have even played. It was a hurricane. Well, Whatever. We played in more bowl games. I looked it up this morning. We played in more bowl games. We have a better bowl record. We have twice as many All-Americans. We have more NFL draft picks and twice as many first-round picks, and you guys have a lunch pail and some turkeys. So I'm going Carolina. I'm picking them. I don't care. Okay. I put Virginia Tech right. in there to throw you off. I'm going Carolina. This is their year. <laughs> All right, Morgan. <laughs> That's fine. Well, we got the most sacks and the most interceptions in college football since 1996 so <laughs> Bud Foster took over that defense so we got us so um, useless facts is not a segment I mean, it's, a, <laughs> it's just it encapsulates the entire podcast <laughs> it's a theme <laughs> um I'm actually torn on this game I mean my heart wants to take tech you know if their offense can keep going like they've been doing the last two weeks and just put, you know, putting up over 300 yards rushing, you know, this will definitely be their test this week with UNC's defense because they got a good defense. If they can get anywhere near the yards rushing, then Tech should squeak out a win, but UNC is going to attack Tech's uh, secondary because we don't have much of anything back there. And UNC's got a good quarterback with good receivers, they're gonna a field goal, but I'm um, you know, it, um, USC's probably gonna win, but I'm I'm still gonna pick Tech. Hey, Dustin, <laughs> Hernan, is Hernan Hooker is he starting this week? I know he's back. Do you know? I've been looking. I don't. I don't think I saw whether he's starting. Yes, he is, he is back starting. as of right. Which might be, good, might be a good thing. You yeah. know, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, 
first game back. So um, I'm yeah. sure Brack at any moment. Well, I, I'm not sure if it's a good thing or not. I feel like it could be, but then you're also breaking in, you know, an offense against, a, you know, allegedly top 15 team or, or whatever they yeah. ranked this week. Uh, oh, okay. It only took um, uh, two major conferences not playing for them to get in the top 10. Yeah. Hey, we're ranked above Penn oh. State. And for the so, record, Tech's defense is doing it well, as, just as well with leading the nation. Morgan's turning into right a robot season. on us. I know, right? Morgan, so. you got to start running errands again. Your internet was there. <laughs> <laughs> well, well I'm short. sorry. Fuck. Let me shorten this up. Uh, I, I'm not, I think this is going to be a good football game. I'm going to go Hokies because I don't want to pick Carolina. And I think they got a good shot at beating them. So let's go Hokies. All right. This one for me, uh, a couple things I want to point out. NC, uh, Virginia Tech's defense has looked, I, I think, like really, really good so far. I mean, granted, they've played NC State and uh, with QB2 running the show. And they've played Duke, who yeah. – no, I mean, you, you really don't know. So, I mean, this will be the first test to see if they're really good. But I'd like to point out that uh, Sam Howell has not completed a pass over 20 yards all season long through two games. He has not completed. And that was what he, – he came in clutch with a lot of uh, passes like that late in the fourth quarter last year. Depends on how Sam Howell plays. Carolina's defense, I'm not sold on. I'm just not. They've played Syracuse and they played Boston College. Boston College isn't really known for lighting it up, but it was a good game. And uh, Carolina pulled it out, so they did enough to win considering that I'm bringing some of the NC State curse along with my picking. I'm picking the Tar Heels to win and hoping that it uh, works as reverse mojo and, the, and UNC gets knocked out of the conversation early this year. So I'm going with the Tar Heels to win in a close game. <laughs> I like that reverse mojo. That benefits me and Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, next up we have uh, – Mojo away. This one's going to be not so interesting, but we got the Duke Blue Devils versus Syracuse. Dustin, <laughs> give us your take on that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so last week I gave the advice, always pick against your team, um, which is fun because then you can win one way or another. Uh, but I'll probably go against that this week just to, and put it all in on, on the Blue Devils. I, I, interestingly, I saw Syracuse uh, has a sack rate of 16% on pass plays. And uh, Victor – Dimikaji of Duke is the lead sack leader in the ACC. So, Blue Devils. Also, we only had one turnover last week after having 14 in three games. So, that's a that's a massive improvement. I hope that continues. <laughs> All right, Angle. Um, I looked at the line, and it was a pick em. They probably meant puke because this is a battle for worse than the ACC. Uh, another fun fact, Greg Paulus is the – old floor slapper for Duke, and he played quarterback for Syracuse. So maybe he'll be at the game. That'll be really exciting. Uh, he threw five interceptions against Cuse. Uh, so I, this is terrible. I'll, I'll go, Duke, just because Syracuse looks so bad. So, All right, Morgan. Um, I mean, it's going to be a bad game. It really is. You know, Chase Bryce has got to start. I think he's starting to really – I don't know. Hopefully he's – maybe he'll have a breakout game this weekend against Syracuse. But I'm going to pick Duke. I think Duke can do it. Uh, Syracuse sucks. I'm sorry. They, they <laughs> yeah. I hate Syracuse. I hate everything about Syracuse, Dominic McNabb, all of it. Just, just <laughs> well, 
The only, the only good thing that ever came out of Syracuse was Art Monk. All right, I'll, I'll agree with you there. <laughs> and uh, that's it. So I'm going to pick Duke, and I'm going to pick Duke to win by a touchdown. Morgan, uh, continuing the useless facts theme, uh, Chase Bryce is actually number two in the conference in pass yards. So, for whatever <laughs> that's worth. <laughs> All right, in this game, um, I'm pulling for the Blue Devils to win. I don't know which team shows up. Is it the team that played solid against Notre Dame or the team that got blown out uh, the other weekend or the team that played solid against Virginia Tech? I don't know. Um, I'm going with them playing pretty well this weekend uh, and, and beating Syracuse because Syracuse they – I mean, Q sucks. And also hoping that they play well this weekend so they play terrible the next weekend when they play the Wolfpack. So I'm going with Duke to win this one. What do we got, Pitt, BC? Uh, yeah, no, mine is Clemson. Oh, yeah, Pitt, BC. Yeah, uh, next one is Pitt versus Boston College. Um, that's going to be a tough one for me to pick because Pitt has looked pretty solid most of the year. I mean, through their first three games, they had they were undisciplined against NC State. I think they were looking past them a little bit, but I think they get back on track this week. BC has looked solid, but I'm going with Pitt in a close game. It's going to be defensive game. I got Pitt in that one. Morgan? Yeah, I'm going to go with it as well. Um, it will be a good game, though. I actually look forward to watching this game. I'm glad that it's on later than the uh, Tech-UNC game. Um, but I, I'll, I'll call a close game. I think both defenses are going to be really good. And I like uh, Ryan talked about from, from last week's game, the quarterback for Boston College. I, I think he's he's definitely got pro written all over him. He's, you're going to start seeing him on Sundays here real soon. Uh, I think he'll – have a good day, but I think Pitt's defense is going to keep him in check for the most part and probably win by a field goal. All right, Dustin. Uh, I'm going to go to Pitt, but I – I mean, I think this is one of those games where you could pick either team. Yeah. It just kind of depends on how it goes. Um, but I'm going Pitt. All right, Angle. I, I actually took BC this morning. I'm inclined to say that they're the better team after last week. The only reason why is because Pitt's given up 50 points on defense in the last two weeks while scoring 52. So this whole, like, Pitt's defense is great thing, uh, maybe that's maybe that's a little premature. BC. All right, next up we have a uh, very lopsided affair in Florida State versus Notre Dame. All right, Ryan, what do you think? Uh, I couldn't get a line because they're probably trying to figure out how many touchdowns Notre Dame will win by. <laughs> this is terrible. They've shown me nothing to believe they're going to – show up from Tallahassee and beat a tough team in the in, in the Irish's house. Come on. Can we just not I, televise this game? <laughs> seriously. I mean, to be fair, Notre Dame has a has a beautiful campus. So like we can, you know, get the aerial shots and then just cut away. We don't want to see the action. Yeah, just 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 do aerial shots for the entire <laughs> game of Notre Dame in all in all four seasons, you know? Last Here's year fall. last year I had to watch a Duke game on Facebook. And uh, they actually broadcast it through Facebook through exclusive rights. So maybe they should do that for this game. That'd be great. How about we bring back uh, Raycom for this game and just <laughs> – That's a blast. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh... All right, Morgan. Uh, really? I mean, do, I mean I, I'm pretty sure all four of us are going to just say Notre Dame and Free Shoes University needs a – pack it up for the rest of the season and start looking for a new head coach. I mean, just save your energy and your players. Don't let them get injured. I mean, you're, you're not going to do anything this year. All right, Dustin. <laughs> uh, Notre Dame, my only comment is how sad. Like, this game should be a marquee game. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's not 1993. Bobby Bowden ain't on the sideline, and uh, this ain't your granddaddy's Florida State team. So I'm going to go with uh, Notre Dame going away. All right, next up, uh, Miami versus Clemson. This one actually is the most interesting game of the week to me. And um, throw that over to Morgan. What do you think? Uh, it's going to be Miami's statement game, I think. Whether they win, win or lose, it's going to be their statement game on where they're at for this season. You know, if they lose by a touchdown or less, I think will be pretty good for them. Clemson, you know, they're Clemson. I'm picking Clemson just because we all know what to expect from them and how Davno gets, get, gets them ready all the time. But I think it's going to be a close game. I think, um, like I said, I think touchdown at, at the most right now for the difference in this game with Clemson winning. All right, Ryan. Clemson. Miami doesn't show up in big games. Trust me, I'm a Car- trust me, I'm a Carolina fan. They don't show up in big games. So, are you, are you insinuating that uh, them playing Carolina was a big game? Usually is. <laughs> it's a big game. It, historically, it's only been a big game in your mind and no other year. <laughs> yeah. It would only be a big game this year. And it, that's strictly off a of hype. It seems to always be when they come to Chapel Hill. It's Halloween night, so it's like a double bonus. You get to go out and yeah, I'm too old for that now. <laughs> Anyways, let's let's keep it moving. <laughs> All right, Dustin. Uh, picking Clemson, but I agree more with Morgan than Angle on this. I think the U is going to have a good game. I think they're playing good football between Cameron Harris and De'Ara King. Like they've got a couple good receivers. It, the reason that they won't win is because Clemson's elite. Clemson's the only elite program in the conference, and for any team in the conference to overcome them is difficult. It doesn't mean it's impossible. Somebody could beat them in any given week. Syracuse almost beat them, what, three years ago? But, you know, they're not going to be looking past them. They're going to be ready for them. It's game day. Uh, You know, Dabo's going to have them ready to roll. But I think Miami's going to show up. Yeah, I mean, look, Miami's playing good football this year. De'Ara King's been really playing, uh, living up to the hype from when he transferred over from Houston. I think it's going to be close for – three quarters, and I think Clemson pulls away and wins by about 10 to 14 in the fourth quarter. So I'm going with the Tigers to take care of business against the Miami Hurricanes. All right, so that wraps up ACC Week 6 Pick'em. Throwing it over to Dustin for the next topic on Major League Baseball. All right. Well, as many of you may know or may not know if you don't follow it, MLB playoffs are happening. It is October after all. Uh, A little bit different this year, though. Um, they decided to get the participation trophy generation, uh, you know, together and put 16 teams in the playoffs, which where's that coming from? They played 60 games and then they put half the league into the playoffs. I don't know. I don't know. Let's just leave it at the MLB playoffs are going on and a whole bunch of teams were in it. (laughs) So rather than talk about who's going to win and, all those things of who's good and who's not. Let's talk about the best logos in baseball. But you're, you have to pick from the 16 participation trophy uh, teams that are in the playoffs. So, Angle, kick us off. All right. Well, I'm following the rules. I'm nominating, though, that if I wasn't following the rules, I'd pick the Expos logo. Well, but then we you're not these... following the rules. <laughs> Typical yeah. Carolina fan. The rules are for everyone else. They are. Breaking the rules, but don't worry. He won't get in in trouble, though. I already (laughs) brought up the – I'm surprised no one got me for bringing up the past 
too, while we were talking about Carolina football. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, number one, I'm counting up, right? Number one, let's go with the best first. Clearly, it's the lowercase mb, the former glove of the Brewers. That's awesome. It's classic. It's 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 excellent. Their their secondary and third logos with the little wheat and then like the little Wisconsin logo. It's it's phenomenal. But old school Robin Yount Brewers, classic number one. Number two, I guess I'm staying in the Midwest. I don't know what happened here. I didn't realize I was in going to pick two Big Twelve teams in a row, um, <laughs> or Big Ten teams in a row. The uh, Minnesota Twin Cities logo, um, I just like it. It's clean, classic colors. Grew up in Minnesota. Uh, going out there in the summers, I like the old school style with the red and the and the blue TC. Solid hat. Uh, solid stadium. That's that's my number two. Um, I, I, I was going to – I debated back and forth on this, but you know what? They won today, so screw it. I'm going with the powder blue. A of the Atlanta Braves for number three. I guess I'm just staying old school here, but it's classic. It's 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 the old Dale Murphy. I love it. It's just a it's a great hat. It's a classic hat. If you grew up pretty much south of what Fredericksburg, Virginia, I mean the Braves were like were like what you watched. Period. Every now and again, I feel like you got the Cubs, but um, well, I I mean I've talked to people who grew up in like Arizona because back in the day with TBS. They were a nationwide team, but especially in Southeast. So, yes, 100%. And then fourth, I guess keeping it old school, and we just mentioned them, the Cubs. Really, it's it's classic. I can't stress enough. You can't go wrong with Chicago, anything. Uh, Chicago <laughs> is the greatest no. city on earth. Um, uh, considering the greatest city on earth, number five is San Diego, and I'm literally picking them only because they beat St. Louis for that alone. St. Louis is the worst city on earth. So – that's it. All right. <laughs> we just keep taking shots. Um, Morgan, you want to jump in here? Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't follow a lot of baseball as a kid. Not really that much in, the, in the, most of the 90s. Um, I was more of a football fan. I got more into baseball when I moved down to Wilmington and was hanging out with a lot of uh, good people I met down there. They were always watching um, – Playoffs, so you know, Chicago haven't been yet. Wrigley is, you know, my net when this shit craps all over. Wrigley and then San Diego, my top two destinations for for ballparks. But Wrigley, you know, the Chicago Cubs logo, it's classic, it's clean. You know, you can't go wrong if it's one of my favorite. Oakland, um, horrible ballpark. I mean, horrible ballpark, and there's nothing to do but stare at. An empty parking lot with no fans outside of it. Um, but the, the, I like the green. I, my brother had a lot of Oakland A stuff growing up when we were kids. I always kind of, you know, liked that green and that scripted A a lot. Um, it's classic. It's classic yeah. logo. Um, nowhere on my list ever will be New York ever that just is straight garbage it's nothing fancy about it there's no you know thought process to it whatsoever it's lazy i think that's unanimous on this podcast i've been overselling that city since 1901 <laughs> <laughs> i'll go with uh with angle on uh on the milwaukee logo um i like that one when i when i first saw that i thought that was pretty cool i like how they did that um and as much as I hate hate this city, 
it's the worst city I've ever been to. But St. Louis is uh, birds on the bat. I mean, when you think of baseball, you see that logo. It it it, it is classic. So, but outside that ballpark, that town just sucks. <laughs> Is it, well, as long as you're willing to wait in line to get that uh, T-shirt and hat, then you're good to go. You got to wait in line to wait in line in that town. <laughs> and if you, you don't the wait, elevator, if you don't oh. wait in line correctly, they make you take the stairs, and you're not allowed to go to the Sky Bar anymore, which is the Even one. Even if you are renting a hotel room, they kick they to make you take the stairs. And that's how the story goes. <laughs> All right, Morgan. Uh, <laughs> I'll finish it off with. Uh, with uh, the Dodgers classic um, classic logo as well. That's that was a pretty cool ballpark. I went with uh, Ryan and and his wife Jamie. That was a really good time. Yeah, I fell asleep and out there. Watch the movie on the field, right? Yeah, I fell asleep out there to the fireworks, man. I mean, <laughs> how many people could say they took a nap out there in the outfield and at a uh, at Dodger Stadium? If there was ever anyone we could count on, it'd be you, Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cool life experience. Yeah. That is cool. That's a good story. But, uh, All right. Yeah, that's it for me. All right, Logan. What you got? Yeah, so before I get into the logos, I do want to give a shout-out to the Atlanta Braves for uh, getting through the first two rounds and into the NLCS. They won their first playoff series since 2001, so let's hope that the curse of Georgia sports doesn't rain down on them and they choke in the playoffs as usual. Should but, we talk uh, about how in shortened asterisk seasons they do well and that's the only time that they make a run? <laughs> Let's leave that part out. But, <laughs> the, the, uh, the season's, season's going to get canceled before they can go to the to the World Series. That would that would be the way it would happen. But uh, so yeah, I, I, across all sports, I'm a big fan of classic, clean looking uniforms. I'm not a big fan of like like for instance, I, I hate Oregon's uniforms. I hate Maryland's uniforms in uh, football. I like the classic, clean look. I don't I don't like all the tacky. We have something different all the time. Shit. So I kind of went with a similar theme on this. Um, obviously, I'm biased. Like I said, I'm Braves fan. So the Atlanta Braves uniforms, like growing up watching them on TBS, the, uh, the Braves across the chest with the tomahawk, the whole stadium, you know, doing the tomahawk chant, the, the A on the hat. And then, like uh, Angle mentioned, the, the classic, like, 70s and uh, Hank Aaron, or I think you mentioned the Dale Murphy uniforms, but the 70s Hank Aaron uniforms, I've always loved those with the lowercase A on the hat as well. And um, so, I mean, the Atlanta Braves have one of my favorite uniforms in all of baseball. Um, next up, sticking to that theme, like Chicago Cubs. I mean, as bad as they were for a long time, like when you think baseball, the Cubs are one of the teams you think of. And they, they have a very classic uniform, classic logo um, that I've always been, been drawn to, even though I'm not a Cubs fan. And it's uh, similar with the Dodgers. Like the Dodgers, when you think of baseball, the Dodgers are also one of those teams. And just a classic, clean, like it looks like baseball. Uh, when you see an L.A. Dodgers uniform, however you feel about the Dodgers. Um, one was kind of more about the the jersey they had this year, even though, like, the Reds, I really liked the the jerseys they were wearing against the Braves in the, uh, the wild card round or whatever it was called um, this year, where it, it was just a nice, clean red uniform with the Reds across the chest. It, it looked great. And then I've also liked the, uh, the C with Reds in the middle. I mean, it kind of it, – it reminds you of, like, uh, a little bit like their, their 1970s um, teams and everything. It's just another classic logo that I've, I've been a fan of. And then my last team I picked is not really a classic logo. It's the one outlier. And I know they're very contentious because they're cheaters, but when the Houston Astros switched to the American League and they redid their, their color scheme a little bit and they redid their logo, um, they went from like a more – in the mid-2000s, they had like a black and orange, whereas now it's more uh, like a darker blue and orange. 
their new logo is is fantastic. I've been a big fan of that one since they switched over to it with the um the the big like circle with the the star and the h and everything like that Houston Astros logo is very clean and it's pretty slick. So that's kind of like the only real like newer looking one that I, I threw on my list just because I did like it. But like I said, I know the Astros are the ugly redheaded stepchild of baseball at the moment. <laughs> but those are uh, my picks for best MLB logo. We'll just put an asterisk by that like we do, are going to have to do all our seasons. <laughs> when, I was right. in, uh, when I was in Houston, they, had, they were selling these old sweaters like the old Nolan Ryan, and they had like the orange, and, orange on orange stripes going all the way down. Those things are so expensive. But, man, I'll tell you what, they looked awesome. So yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you, but screw them. They're cheaters. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the bottom line, screw them. They're cheaters. I think uh, we could have a podcast about Carolina on that, but we'll just yeah. table that for another day. That would be a podcast series for the amount of cheating they did over three decades. <laughs> yeah, Carol- I, The Carolina well, way to seem rather than to be. <laughs> you mean family over brotherhood, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so a lot of what y'all have talked about is more or less where I was going to take this. So I can kind of give a little bit of it. But the one thing that I'm going to surprise everyone on is I'm going to agree with Morgan. I actually really think the Cardinals have a legitimately great logo. When you look at their uniform and you've got the bat and the birds, you know, the red Cardinal on each side of it and just Cardinals emblazoned across of it. Most teams just like write their name across their chest and they're done. And, like, they just really thought out that piece. Um, It might be the only good thing in St. Louis. Um, But it is a good thing. (laughs) Barbecue sucks, too. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, we're not getting any listeners in St. Louis. Um, Which, okay. Um, (laughs) Join the line. (laughs) Perfect. The, uh, the Cubs, got to agree with you, is classic. You think baseball uh, – I've got Cubs and Dodgers on here. I think they're just so – when I look at them, I feel like, you know, you're in Wrigley Field or you're out west watching a Dodgers game. The Dodgers also, with, the, like, the way they've got the L.A. on the hat, yeah. like the L goes across to, you know, to cross the A. Like, it's just a well-designed uh, just logo on all aspects of – Dodgers and and Cubs and I'm I'm fans of both of those. Brewers think that the the one that they're using these days with like the the mitt and the and the ball like it's just such a so cool. Like it's I don't really I when I saw it I was like cuz I actually pulled up like the primary logo cuz I want to be like am I missing something here like which which one should I pick and I was just like wow this is this really works. It screams baseball. It kind of fits Milwaukee. I've been to that ballpark, and it was just an awesome place. And I really like that one. Uh, so we're agreeing on a lot of these. Do what? I was going to say, I could definitely get the younger fans involved with that logo, too. Yeah, it's it very cool. Um, so, and then for last thing I'll say is I don't care about the rules. I think the Orioles have one of the best logos in baseball. But yeah. only if it's the animated bird, not the realistic looking bird from the uh, no, from the nineties. The new one. Yeah. Yeah. The current one. The yeah. one that was updated not that many years ago. Yeah. Have you seen so. the pennants? Have you seen the pennants that they have with all the different logos on it, right? And like going through the years? I had no clue that there was like ten different versions of the of the Oriole bird. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. And I mean I, I kinda you know throwback of like the old Oriole bird on there and all that like that's cool but the current 
updated yes. logo. Like he's kind of smiling and happy, like making you feel like, you know, Hey, this is a game, but it's also a fun, you know, it's not just fun. It's like, it's, it represents Baltimore and the Orioles and it's in a way it's, it's not too different than the Natty Bo uh, guy. Like there, it's a little bit of a nod to that. Um, so I'm throwing Orioles out there to go along with it. And I don't care that they're not in playoffs. I'm taking it anyway. So I see that the rules don't apply to Duke either. That sounds about right for their recruiting. Yeah. <laughs> hey, prove it. We don't, we don't have three decades of allegations like some people. <laughs> just, right. for, just for clarification some people is the university of north carolina chapel hill i was gonna i was gonna leave it he <laughs> was just gonna he's just gonna be hanging there <laughs> the world knew who i was talking to <laughs> all right like we always say we're not just sports so uh here's this this week's segment of bless your heart yeah um so I don't have it up in front of me, but I, I sent the guys a story this week that was pretty cool. Um, there was a farmer, I believe it was in North Dakota. I know yeah. it was out in that part of the country. And um, he he had like a heart attack, basically. And he was out in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, you know, went to, he got taken to his local hospital, which then got taken to a bigger one. And eventually he got airlifted to Milwaukee. Thankfully, he's doing okay. Um, and you know, he's going to require a lot of care and it's, you know, going to take a lot of time and, and effort, but he'll, I think he's going to be all right. He's in his late fifties and, and it's looking good. However, when all of this was happening, he had a thousand acres of crops to be harvested. And if they didn't get harvested, his family would be ruined. So the whole community in this small town got together and in about three days harvested all 1000 acres of his crops took them to market, made sure that their family, you know, got taken care of, um, made sure everything got sold. They had a, they also have livestock. So they brought like 600 bells of hay or something to be able to feed the livestock. The uh, town got together and made a month's worth of food for when they do get back home. So they don't have to worry about cooking. It was just an incredible story of like, you know, when people talk about small town America and this can apply to the South as much as anywhere, like what they are valuing is community. Um, there's something there when you have that community bond and it, in this town that what they did and stepped up for their neighbor and for their friend, whether they knew him well or didn't know him well was pretty incredible. And I think it really speaks to some of what we value about the South and about smaller town America and, you know, it went on here in North Dakota and it's a cool story. If you Google it, you'll find it, but we just kind of wanted to share that um, as a positive, as our positive spin on bless your heart. Um, <laughs> that's, that was a story that kind of spoke to us. It's heartwarming to hear, yeah. honestly, people going out of their way to help somebody else. Yeah. On top of, you know, all the negativity and then COVID and all the stuff going on, it, it just even adds to the story. Shows that there's still some good people in this world. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Uh, that wraps up this episode of Miserable and Reckless for Dustin, Angle, and Morgan. I'm Logan. We'll see you next time.